Previously on Quantum Kickflip. We need your help to go back to the waking pits. Mondo is trapped in a vampire's nest. These two uh, and I used to be on a crew with a fourth guy, the aforementioned Mondo. Things went sideways and suffice to say by the end of it, they were all gone and I was left holding the bag. My options were face the consequences or well, that's when I met Carmina and she, she gave me a second option of joining up and working off my debt. I will give you the coordinates for a thin zone that will take you from Prismadia to the Waking Pits. What I need from you is to bring something back from the vampires. Oh, yeah. They have a way of asserting control. The source of that is what I want you to catch. It's like a water beverage, but it's got little absences. It's got, it's like, like holes in it, like holy water. Walt and your cousins are here. You're on some kind of observation tower. And Wanda says, welcome to the drop. The kid that you Daibokim battled uh, was quite upset that he lost and uh, told his parents, and they're cops. Now Kindred knows that there are Kindred people who are in Lansdon who are unauthorized. There's about nine seconds between where we're standing right now and the ground down there. The more seconds you can free fall, the better. You shoot up and cheers erupt so loudly. You have successfully made it into the castle. Trev, you've got a lock on the energy signature that will presumably lead you to Mondo. And so the search begins. Welcome back to Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Lena, I am your host and your Slugmaster, and with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world, and they are going to introduce themselves to you now. And as you do, I want to know, players, what is your character's irrational fear? Uh, hi, my name is Glenna, I play Brinley Zerk, she is the Guts playbook, she uses the Gravity Blaster as her signature device. I think Brinley shares my irrational fear, uh, which I will now operablemify in my head. Uh, <laughs> she's afraid that if she sneaks into a Hollowvid theater, that it will be playing something ultra scary, and for some reason she won't be able to leave. <laughs> <laughs> she's never snuck into a movie theater. In yeah, her she's life. she's like super not about that life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Liam. I play Helix Pinnacle. He is the Smarts playbook. Uh, with the hard light board, and uh, I'm going to pull from a, an irrational fear I had as a child. I obviously grew out of it. It'd be crazy if I didn't. Um, uh, but when I was really little, I I had a, I loved The Muppet Show, but I had a real problem with Beaker. It was, <laughs> Be- Beaker was upsetting, and so I think he- <laughs> a couple years to, to get over Beaker. So I, I think uh, there's some sort of like Operablin kids programming that has like a really messed up puppet on there somewhere. <laughs> like, and maybe it is like a, a bit of a like um, it's it's a it's a web tower thing. It's a slimy puppet, kind of like a chestburster in Aliens, but it was meant to host a kids show. <laughs> Uh, and it was just a very upsetting puppet that has haunted him for years, and so he doesn't, he doesn't like the puppet. Very good. So. Hi, my name is Michael Vetch. I'm here playing Walton Wick, the chill playbook with the robotic companion. Uh, and I think for Walt, the irrational fear, he, he just really doesn't like going upstairs that don't have a back to them. 
You know, when the ones that are just like the steps, but mm. an open back. Cause he's like, he knows he's big enough to not fall through the holes. But what if he did? What if he just <laughs> slipped right through that hole? Stairs are pretty tall. Yeah. Very oh, real. Oh. And you know that Kindred has got like those uh, aesthetic stairs. Oh my God. Then they're made of glass, which makes it worse too. Cause yep. you can see through them anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello, my name is David Ray, and I play uh, Trev Four, the Heart Playbook, who has the hyper optic visor, and I think his irrational fear is uh, self checkouts. <laughs> um, just afraid that, like, oh no, what happens if it replaces me one day? Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> there's self checkouts, and then there's robot cashiers, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it, 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 afra- uh, it makes him afraid every time it's, it comes up. Thank you for shopping at whatever. It's courteous, you know. Like, it's, <laughs> oh god. Oh no, it's nice. Hi, my name is Robin. I play Maybelline Zandros, the Grit Playbook with the photonic jacket. Uh, and I think you know how some people have uh, fears of like spiders and millipedes because it's like uh, they just they got so many legs and they move in a weird way. They kind of skitter. I think because Maeve has multiple well, limbs and like more limbs than you'd expect, like that doesn't phase her at all. Uh, but since moving to Operablum, uh, we've established it in Lanson Tower. There's like a lot of the robots aren't like humanoid. It's a lot of like uh, mechanized like robotic arms and like industrial mm-hmm. equipment. And I think she has a slight irrational fear of the robotic arms. Uh, for the opposite reason that people fear spiders, like it's just one arm and it moves so weirdly, like it's like it's doing all this stuff, but it's just one limb. Ugh. Where's the other limb to help out the other one? Yeah, yeah. where's Full the other three range limbs? Of motion, that's obscene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just it yucks her out in the same way that people are yucked out by spiders. Yeah. <laughs> and as I mentioned, I am Lena. I am your slugmaster. And what is a leech but mosquito of the water? Surely. <laughs> There's nothing to worry about if you just leave them in their domain. And yet, one time I was in a lake and a leech started swimming up to me and I was like, ah, thank you, sir. I will leave and never set foot in water again. (laughs) That's my irrational fear. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of fears, you're having a whole wonderful, wholesome time doing your slug blaster thing. You're in the heart of a vampire nest in a castle in the waking pits. You're falling to your death, but not really. Typical, wholesome, fun Slug Blaster time. So let's get back into it. Let's play some Slug Blaster. Yes, we will. (laughs) Brinley, Trev4, Helix, and Maeve. You are navigating your way through this castle, making your way, following Trev's beacon to get to Mondo. The unsettling thing about this castle is it actually doesn't really have chambers per se. It feels like you are constantly moving through liminal spaces, hallways, doorways, corners with alcoves there is one big long room with a big long table but also the table goes around a corner and that's weird (laughs) uh you make your way deeper into the castle and at some point you're in a grotto with knee-high water and there's no ledge there's no like inclination you're just wading through water and there's pillars going up to the ceiling giving it like a weird symmetrical effect and i think i want to get one more roll to finally get to Mondo. Um, Lana. 
Speak to me. So a while ago, Brenly made a bet with Maeve. Yeah. Uh, and Maeve promised to steal some arborist tech for her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which has been uh, noticed now. Uh, the the arborists at the temple have noticed that the tech has gone missing. Mm-hmm. So it would be a shame to have to give that back. Oh, yeah. You don't want that. No. no. And the best part is we don't know what these orbs do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brentley wants to throw one anyway. Okay. Uh, sort of a, sort of a, uh, luck of the draw. Okay. Kind uh, of a thing. Uh, I love the, uh, what's the word I'm looking, the blind faith of this move? <laughs> is it a roll on a table for the effect, or is it a roll and, like, the degree of success, like a six is it does something that helps us, and a one is it does something that fucks us up kind of thing? I think it's gotta be an action roll yeah. with the success-fail spectrum. And yeah, the higher you roll, the more this effect is beneficial for what you need. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Uh, can you give me just like a little description of where we are so I can populate what I'm doing? Um, I, I think you are still in this like grotto space. Mm-hmm. Um, so like uh, much less uh, structured cut stone uh, floors, walls, ceiling, much more sort of loose cave kind of structure, winding tunnels, knee-high water, mm-hmm. uh, stalagmites, stalactites, uh, just pillars of rock uh, that go up and over and at angles. Cool. I want to throw you a d6 for this from my attitude, and the justification is Maeve, like when you pull out the orbs, Maeve being like, ooh, I think that one. I'm not, I don't know what any of them do, but I, I'm pretty sure that one, <laughs> just using any arborist knowledge I have to maybe pick out one that might be based on the the look of it, the pattern of it, the like, oh, this is not a, a, a splody one. This is a make it go fast one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So that's, that's 2d6. I will add 1d6 for my attitude because I think it's pretty gutsy to just be like, this will work. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We have no more hype dice for the crew because I haven't refilled it yet. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I yeah, I will use my uh, impulse rig to give myself a burst of speed, mm-hmm. uh, and therefore also mark another d six from my gravity blaster. That is four d six at this point. Four d six, and I'm thinking like either I throw the orb ahead of us to hopefully like like air it, like. Clear a path. Clear a path. I'm doing a thing with my hands, um, (laughs) (laughs) listeners. Uh, Or I throw it behind us to like give us speed. That like a little explode, like a little rocket. (laughs) Like a little rocket, huh? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) uh, You you pick my friend, and I I will take this gift and nibble on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I am doing a trick. Okay, Uh, that's five d six then, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, rolling 5d6. I think I will throw it ahead of us. Okay. I think Brindley goes to the front and is like, this will do something. (laughs) (laughs) It sure will. (laughs) This we can be certain. (laughs) I feel like we've talked about Bryn being a chill-flavored guts and and like no uh, dash of smarts in there. None whatsoever. (laughs) not at all. Self-preservation, who is she? She All audacity, no forethought. (laughs) I love it. Here we go. Oh, that's a six, baby. Oh, baby. Almost a Yahtzee. 
So I have put thought into these arborist orbs. I have made tables. Uh, I feel like as a GM, I'm pretty good at coming up with the complications and the consequences and stuff. But just the way this is going, I feel like it would be incorrect if I didn't let you describe what this orb does. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so I think she throws it down in front of them, like a little ways away. Sure. And it opens up into a portal that in the floor. Yes. Uh, beyond a slightly inclined pillar so that everybody <laughs> can ramp off it and do a cool trick and free fall much like Walt did. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Helix, Maeve, Trevor, Brinley, uh, tell me the cool trick you do as you ramp into this portal. <laughs> Wow, that was amazing, Brinley. As, as always, living audaciously, regardless of who's listening. But I want to be the first one to try the portal. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, kicks off, uh, skates up the ramp, uh, and I think just does uh, like a front flip so that he's diving into the portal after a 360 into the into the thing. Very nice. Uh, Maeve skates up to the portal, and it's like, I'm picturing just like classic hole-in-the-ground style, uh, like like a big circular opening that leads down below, uh, and she kind of like grinds around the lip of it and just does like several rotations around it, like uh, like when you throw a basketball and it kind of like goes around yes. the rim a couple of times before finally going down into it. Brinley gets on her hoverboard. Or does she? <laughs> Maybe she doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. Does she start on her hoverboard? She thinks she starts on her hoverboard, picks up some speed, does does the thing where she like like hops off, gets it on the the magnet on that we established that she has. To yeah. test. So she starts running, and uh, does a a full like a straight up swimmer's dive. Nice yeah. through through the portal, as if she is beginning a race. <laughs> <laughs> and Decemria does like a cannonball, and Hanser does like a cool crab, and now it's Trevor's turn. <laughs> Trevor comes to the edge. Now, you, this is, like, essentially a portal on the floor that kind of, like, cuts through to the other side of, like, yeah. the, the, the floor. Yeah. So I think Trevor comes to the edge of this, and I think because of the nature that it's kind of skipping some things, that's messing with his calculations of, like, how this all looks. And so he's, like, unsure. Like, his, he can't process it. And he stands there for a moment, hands on his hips, and then he kind of, like... Uh, turns around and like kind of climbs down slowly, like puts his leg like cl- awkwardly, not fast, it's not proficient, and kind of like pulls himself down until his head is beneath the portal onto the other side. And he can kind of say, Oh, and then drops down and like lands on the ground. And <laughs> once he's through, it makes sense again. Oh, oh I yeah. get it now. I can yeah. see where I'm going. But yeah. the calculations were not making because he can see through the floors, but this portal is. Yeah. 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 Also to clarify, uh, Brinley did not just smash her hands into the floor below. She used her gravity gauntlet to uh, catch the lip of the portal and like make it into a cool, slippy that makes sense landing. Nice. All right. The six of you land on this lower floor. You find yourselves in sort of an open cavernous space. Uh, any preconceived notions of any sort of dungeon or cage or anything melts away because that's not what's here. It is more or less an open, rocky space. And the first thing that you register is 
the Thenespartian who is standing there looking at you. He is a tall adolescent wearing combat boots, uh, plaid pants in sort of a hexagon pattern, uh, and an open vest. Uh, His hair is quite long and just pushed back away from his head. Um, And his skin is copper, but he also has vitiligo on his face and hands. So there's parts of his skin that don't have pigmentation. And for him, as a Thenespartian, that means that those pale segments of his skin are green, like aged copper. And you look at him, and he looks at you. Well, well, well. Talk about a last-minute bad method reunion. Took you Vuxes long enough. Walton, ever since you did the drop and hit the full nine seconds, the maximum amount of time that you can freefall before landing on the ground with a splat, uh, you have been the king of this party. Anyone you pass is immediately, like, goes out of their way to, like, pat you on the back and be like, that was so great! There was definitely a crowd surfing moment um, when you uh, re-emerged over the uh, balcony, um, and they sort of, like, brought you back into the main building. They surfed me back inside? Yeah. Uh, And they were just chanting nine over and over again. (laughs) Uh, You've been chatting with people here and there. You've sort of seen your cousins floating around. Uh, At some point, uh, Osophia, the person that you were talking to earlier, uh, just gave you her number. So you have that now. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned that's a very good thing to mark down on character sheets, I guess. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess everyone's kept track of their contact info, right? (laughs) I have. Yeah. You can collect the most numbers by the end of the season. Yep. So, uh, Michael has finally got on the board. The rest of you, pull your weight. <laughs> anyway, well, well, where where are you when you're going to be chatting with someone, but but where are you at this point in the party? Uh, I think Walt has, like, after a lot of the, the, the ruckus of everyone congratulating and everything, he's made his way back over to that bar where he first sort of started out the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where he ran into Osophia initially. Uh, and he's, like, very happy to get this recognition stuff, but he's also, like, a little overwhelmed. I think to, to some degree, Walt is just kind of, like, he, he he likes his alone time, so this is, like, a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Starting to, like, max out on uh, introvert time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe you're at the bar, maybe your body language is, like, a little bit more closed off. Um, that does not stop people from being like, yeah, great job! Um, uh, thanks again, Yeah. Um, but it, at least you're like a little bit secluded. Mm. Um, and you hear a voice behind you, and that means I have to come up with a voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you hear a voice behind you. I guess you're tired of people talking to you all the time, huh? No, no, it's it's all right. Uh, hey, how's it going? Uh, and you, you turn to face an Operablin. Uh, he's a little bit shorter than you. Um, he doesn't really have the like 
heavy makeup dyed hair aesthetic. It's a lot more toned down. He has like swoopy brown hair and he's got just like a little bit of eyeliner on, um, which is a good choice. It makes his blue eyes really just like pop. (laughs) Um, His uh, got a little bit of the goth look, a little less like chains and buckles and what do goths wear uh and a little bit more like oh this clothing is stylistically ripped you know what i mean and he says you really were i mean you probably know but that was incredible how many times have you done that drop oh um as of tonight one (laughs) no no yes really yes (laughs) <laughs> are you making fun of me uh, no i'm not trying to sorry i uh uh yeah no uh, tonight, tonight was the first time uh yeah and what kind of tugs at his collar a little that was your first time that's not fair well what do you mean it's not fair i mean no one ever gets to nine seconds on their first drop that's that's none of your none of the other wicks have done that well i guess maybe i wasn't really alone i i had to have my little buddy here and he sort of lifts up the die bovis hooked on his belt and we see uh carcinokins on there and goes because he's, he's just inside it <laughs> uh uh <laughs> this guy like looks at it and then his eyes light up and then he like kind of brings his hand up over his face like uh he wanted to hide how adorable he thought this Daibokin was. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, cool, really cool. Um, I'm Clem, by the way. Oh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm Walt. Oh, I, I guess you knew that from the, before, though. Um, yeah. Ye- I mean, yes, but also, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, n- nice meeting you, too. <laughs> Clem takes a seat next to you. He says, were you scared? Of, of the drop? Yeah, what else would I be talking about? Uh, yeah, no, nothing else scary happening at all here. Nothing nothing intimidating in any... Um, <clears throat> no. Uh, honestly, well, I was scared going up to it, but once I was off that edge, it was a little bit freeing just to, just to be soaring through the air. Really? Yeah. Huh. Do you think you'd ever do the drop? Oh boy, um, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, I, I have this, uh, deck, uh, and, and he sort of points to a corner where he's just kind of got it, like, leaning up. Mm. Uh, he's like, I've been working, it can, like, work with, like, decreasing momentum and stuff like that, but, uh, just the idea of it makes me want to cry a little bit. Oh, so many ideas make me want to cry. Okay, oh, good, I'm so glad I'm not alone in that. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, and he smiles and says, so, I would ask for advice, but it sounds like the advice is just jump? I guess, but, well, from the, the sound of it, it, is that a kinetic deck? Yeah. I, actually, I, I had been looking at stuff online, and that's, that's uh, from a kinetic deck is where I found the information to try and train up Carcinikin for the ability that I used with the drop, so I, I think you got a, a, a little step up if you're using that deck. Okay, uh, great. So if you can do it, I can do it, is what you're saying. Uh, I, I guess. Uh, would you mind showing me the deck? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> 
both of you look at each other kind of awkwardly for a moment, and then Clem realizes he needs to be the one to go get the deck because it's his thing. Or I asked, I can go. I can walk. No, no, it's mine. We'll we'll, we'll both walk over and yeah, yeah. But if none of us are at the bar, we'll we'll walk over. But you, you pick it up, or I, I could pick it. We we could both pick up the. Um, I, I can. I could just pick it up. It's, my- it's your deck. Okay. I, I don't want to touch your deck. With I mean, um, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stay here at the bar. You you go you go pick it up and we'll we'll look at it together. It's <laughs> waiting for one of you to <laughs> to take the easy joke layup that was sitting right in front of both of you. I waited for the you right showed moment. Remarkable restraint. <laughs> Uh, so Clem goes to get his kinetic deck, uh, and brings it back to the bar. And, uh, yeah, it's, like, a pretty well-made sort of rig. It's not, obviously, like, like really high-end kind of stuff. It's a little bit, uh, kitbashed. You can see that there is the inertial vortex installed into it that would... Um, decrease momentum and um, theoretically slow his uh, descent so that, you know, he wouldn't go splat on the ground. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're looking at Clem's deck. Uh, Yeah, I think the two of them are sitting there talking about the boards and stuff, and at some point, uh, Walt summons up Carcinikin, and he sort of introduces him, and they're, they're chatting, and the rest of the party going on is gradually dwindling around them, and eventually, like... The, the night has quite a bit of the night has passed, and it's it's still not 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 as as raucous as it was. And they're still sitting at the bar chatting. And as you're you're chatting, there there are fewer people here now. There's still like music playing that's like pretty loud, but not like you know you can carry on a conversation, and it's not too bad. Um, and maybe you haven't been as aware of the time passing, um, but then. Suddenly, abruptly, Clem reaches out and puts his hand on your shoulder. What do you do? <gasps> uh, what's up? He pulls his hand away and runs his thumb over his fingers, and you see, like, some sort of particulate on his fingers, and he looks up. I also look up. <laughs> Good choice! <laughs> You look up and you see that, yes, there is a particulate falling from the ceiling. You're not sure at first where it's from, and then it becomes abundantly clear as a blade pierces through the ceiling. Oh, no! (laughs) Now, is it just, like, piercing through, or is it, like, trying to, like, cut through? Is it doing, like, a lightsaber circle thing? Is it doing... It's doing the circle thing. No, no, not the circle thing. <laughs> yeah, the circle thing. Uh, I think Wool uh, hops up from the bar and is like, uh, we gotta get out of here now. What? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, come on, here. And Wool picks up his board and grabs Clem by the hand. Okay. Uh, he, he seems like he's down to follow you. Um, you notice that this is starting to happen other places and someone does yell like, Scatter! Sword sliders! Hello! 
Hello there, Gold Star listeners. It's me, Lena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quantum Kickflip. Are you scared of being in the waking pits? Ooh, vampires, lightning, liminal spaces. Well, I'll tell you what, if you leave a five-star review for Quantum Kickflip, I promise you'll get out safely. I have a very exciting announcement. The Slug Blaster Game of the Year edition is launching this week, featuring a hardcover handbook, a pizza box GM screen, maps, and so much more. Head to slugblaster.com to learn more and back the project. You can support us by following us at Quantum Kickflip on social media, where we post new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also support us by subscribing to Quantum Kickflip on Patreon. For just $2 a month, you can join our Shredder tier, which gets you early access to all new episodes of Quantum Kickflip. And for just $5 a month, you can join our Ultranaut tier, which gets you early access plus exclusive bi-weekly bonus content. If you join our Ultranaut tier now, you can catch our music featurette, where Robin talks about some of the inspiration behind the music that he creates for Quantum Kickflip. So with any of the dimensional themes in QK, uh, the challenge I sort of set for myself that I've mostly stuck to uh, is that each of them had to incorporate one of the built-in analog uh, synth sounds on my microcorg. Um, and so this one is based on a, uh, a synth sound on the microcorg. It's uh, number A84, Flapper, uh, which sounds like this. <laughs> And then from that, I was able to, you know, you can set the uh, the tempo and the and the arpeggiation and stuff. I was able to sort of build this bed onto which I built the rest of the song. To listen to the music featurette and so much more, head to patreon.com slash quantum kickflip and subscribe today. I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. You can learn more at amaas.ca. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the conclusion of The Waking Pits Run on Wednesday, October 11th. Spooky month! Alright, let's get you back to the action. I think Maeve is just flooded with emotion in this moment. Um, and she like both opens up her many arms as though she's going to run up and hug Mondo, but also has all of her fists balled up like she's going to punch Mondo and kind of <laughs> is caught in this moment of not knowing which one she wants to do more. And I think eventually her arms just kind of fall to her sides and she goes, Mondo, is that is it really you? The one and only. This isn't some kind of vampire trick, right? She kind of looks to uh, Decembria and hands like, do you, do we have a way to figure out if this is a vampire trick? I don't think this is a vampire trick. They're very bad at looking exactly like people you know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. They were they were all weird and ghoulish up there. Okay. Well, then what the fucks have you been doing down here this entire time? Well, just because I'm not a vampire trick doesn't mean that I'm not trapped here because of a vampire trick. Right, but... I don't see any vampires around, so what the Vux, man? Yeah, but who do you think owns this castle? Fair, but... Yeah, Vux Landlords. 
I suppose we did use an orb to to create a portal in the ground here. Uh, uh, assuming you don't have any portals out of here, I guess I could see how one might be trapped. Ooh, yeah, Maeve glances around. Like, what what is the space here? Like, are we? Is it is it all completely enclosed? Are we are we trapped in here? Is the portal still open? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, the portal above you has closed, but you are not trapped here. You see on either side, it looks like tunnels that may lead out somewhere. Why are you even here in a vampire castle in the first place? Why Why did you, why'd you leave your crew behind? They've been looking for you everywhere. They, they came and found me finally just to find you. You think I won't be here? Well, how'd you get here? Look, we don't have enough time for that. Now that you're all here, you can help me to get out of here. See, I can't do it on my own, but now that you're here... You know, get all hands on deck. We can get going here. I see. So you, you're you in this castle and you didn't have a way out. And when we first showed up in this dimension, you mentally texted me and asked me to swap places with you via teleport. So you were just going to warp me into the basement of this castle with no means of escape and leave me there to die? Look, you can get out. I just can't get out. Well, why can't you get out? Look, vampire thrall. You ever run into a vampire and then they're like, oh, uh, vampire, you don't want to leave here. <laughs> oh, I actually have some questions about that. I was supposed to gather information for a friend of mine about how the vampires control people. Oh, yeah, hit me up. What, what do we want to know? <laughs> like, is it like a pheromone or perhaps a microcomputer? Oh, it's a weird thing. You know how like sometimes flies have more than just one eye? It's like a compound eye. If you look into it a little too long, it's just like really mystifies you. And then you get this feeling. It's like... Executive dysfunction, but you're like crank that shit up to eleven. Yeah. Okay, but is like, is that something that I can uh, replicate and take back? If you got enough eyes. Well. Yeah. Pretty deep. (laughs) I like her. (laughs) Listen, we can't. We don't have time to steal the vampire's eyeballs. We need to get out of here because I'm learning now that apparently you're under their thrall or something, and that that means we can't trust you if we ever could no it's it's not that kind of thought i'm not like brainwashed i just can't leave well what no. are we supposed to do about that oh no, no pick me up and take me out of the castle i just can't walk there myself you're not gonna fight back against you <laughs> i want you to okay but uh, i don't know when the thrall kicks in i yeah, don't know this, how this works fair question i mean it, it this got some real sirens uh vibe where we might have to tie you to the mast you know like can you can we can we pick you up and take you okay sorry so like i'm clearly i haven't been straightforward enough they're not controlling what i do except that they're making sure i can't leave normally when they enthrall someone they just keep feeding on them until they peel back but with me you know i well, they keep feeding, but I won't peel back. So they just keep feeding and feeding, and I'm like an all-day buffet to these vampires. And I'm stuck here, and I'd like to get out, please. Oh. Why don't you... Never mind, there's not time. You said there's not time. All right, well, Trev, you're probably the strongest of us. You got you got those heavy-duty servos working for you. you. You up for taking on some cargo? Indeed, I would love to carry some things. Does this mean I'm going to be carrying you? Guess so. Climb into my arms and I will cradle you with my cradling programming. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We ran happens. the cradling update recently. He's all up to date. It's fine. He's got his cradling patch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think at this point, 
uh, I'm going to light a little fire. Y'all hear a skittering, and in an instant, uh, this place is swarmed by a dozen of these bug-like, jittery, skittery vampires. And I have a wealth of bite at my disposal. Um, So I'm going to spend two bite. Um, And let me just see here from the book, spend two bite to pick a specific challenge. Ooh, have a PC make an immediate disaster roll. Maeve. Uh Uh-huh. Three of them race up to you. Eyes glowing, their compound eyes, arms extended with stingers at the end. And for every empty trouble box, I'd like you to roll a die, please. All right. Well, that's uh, that's eight dice at my disposal because I have no trouble from this run. Isn't that isn't that good? Yeah. Surely this will work out for you. <laughs> Nothing has ever gone south in this way. All right. I want to I want to make this disaster roll because I have to. Um, if I succeed, can I make a play? Yes, you can. Cool. And uh, if you fail, you might get a firsthand account of what being thralled is really like. A five five. is my highest of eight dice. Of eight (laughs) dice. I knew they wouldn't let me down. No. (laughs) Disaster does not strike for you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they start lunging and you kind of have to dodge out of the way. You see venom dripping from their stingers. Their eyes are kaleidoscopic. Uh, You don't get attacked, but you do mark one trouble, as is the nature of the mixed success. And uh, what's your play? I would like to turn the tables on these vampires and use my jacket ability of flash patterns, roll to blind, daze, confuse, entrance, or cause seizures in targets that can see your jacket. They try and throw me, I'll throw them right back. Okay, I love this. <laughs> um, so I'm going to roll for this. If I add a kick, <laughs> what do these eyeballs look like? Because we were tasked with bringing back their means of control, and it sounds like their means of control is their eyes. It really does, doesn't it? Um, I think it is like what a bug's eyes kind of look like at first glance. They look, you know, bulbous and smooth and red. They're like a deep red. Mm -hmm. Um, But the more closely you look, the more you see the segmentation in there. And also, the more closely you look, watch out. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) How gross do we want to go? It's Slug Blaster, man. (laughs) It's gooey's in the 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 purview. I can either like, you know, take a picture of the eyeball to take back to Hattie to be like, this is what they use, or I can take the eyeball back to Hattie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's got to be that one because you're right, it is Slug Blaster. So I am going to roll one d6 just base. I'm going to add a d6 from my photonic jacket. Uh, and I'm going to also add a kick from my photonic jacket. And what do we got for crew style? You know what? Actually, I don't want to use our crew style. I want to take a dare. Okay. I will mark one trouble, and that will give me an extra D6. So it's going to be three D6 total with one kick to try to entrance uh, this vampire long enough to steal its eyeball. Okay. Uh, and it is just one that you're targeting? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's it's one that I'm focusing I'm only going to grab one eyeball, but yeah. I wouldn't mind some collateral damage. Do we want to add a crew kick to try and distract all the vampires? Give us a window of escape? Yeah. Seems like a solid move. Cool. So 3d6, 
two kick. Come on, baby. We got a six! We got a six! All right. Uh, I may regret saying this, but describe this move. (laughs) Uh, So Maeve quickly punches something into her sleeve. She, you know, the the vampires are are approaching. They're staring her down. She starts to feel that pull into the segmented eyes. She feels like does that uh, rack focus thing where the camera's like moving, but also pulling focus so everything gets all whooshy. Mm-hmm. She feels herself almost like tumbling into this eyeball, but she shakes her head, pulls herself out of it, slams on her coat sleeve. It pulses and strobes a bright flash of light, which uh, as we've already proven in the previous run, uh, these vampires do not like. Um, mm-hmm. And in that moment, she's like, everybody move, um, but not before uh, reaching out with uh, one limb which, as you remember with Maeve, means two hands. <laughs> Grabbing that big old eyeball on either side with a hand on either side and yeah. yanking. Ooh. I may read, regret just, uh, saying this, but what happens after that? Uh, <laughs> How much goo are we talking we're about? We're talking goo. Okay. We're definitely talking goo. We're talking like a high-pitched shriek that you hear more in your head than you do in your ears. Ooh. Uh, there's some flailing, uh, uh, there was some resistance, but, uh, yeah, you do have a vampire eyeball. Congratulations. Oh, boy. Um, I will say that your, um, flash patterns managed to catch most of the vampires. I did say there were a dozen, but it is more than enough attention drawn to you that it diverts away from the other three members of Gold Star Disaster and three members of Mad Method so that they can make their egress. Uh, so with my omniscience aperture, mm. um, do I see any kind of like obvious, like we want to avoid these vampires mm-hmm. uh, out of the possible routes out of this way? Is there like one way that has less vampires or like less things or is it easy to tell which way it might be a... I think right now you're pretty surrounded. Well, then I am. I don't have any extra die left, so <laughs> that's a that's a big old deuce. Any of them could work. Anyone. Mm. They're both <laughs> perfectly good. Come follow me. I know exactly where to go, <laughs> and I go towards uh, the one exit that just seemed like well, any of them works. So this one's going to be it. And and there were kind of like multiple open tunnels that seem like any of them could work. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Trev has picked one. I trust his hyperoptic visor rig, but I don't trust this place. Uh, I would actually like to use uh, the photon vent to create a trail of semi-permanent, slightly brittle hard light behind me. And I want to use a kick so that it's... I want as many kicks as I need to make it as permanent as I can. Mm. I want to I wanna Hansel and Gretel S, because I'm worried we're going to, like... We're going to come back out in this room, is is Helix's concern. There's something weird here, and I'm worried we're going to, like, run for a minute and then find ourselves back in a circle. Uh, so I'm going to Hansel and Gretel it. Okay, uh, you know what? This is what I'm going to say. You trust Trevor's hyperoptic visor implicitly, and you follow each other down a uh, liminal space path. Uh, it's 
windy, it's topsy-turvy, you do, in fact, end up in the exact same place. <laughs> and then maybe this is where the, the photon vent comes in. I, I knew it. when As soon as we started following Trev, I'm like, we're just going to end up back in the same thing. This is some weird topsy-turvy liminal stuff. Hang on, folks. I have a plan. Activate photon vent. And he, like, does a kick, you know, like, kicks his board down into the ground and just starts leaving this trail behind. Uh, I think, I mean, tell me how many kicks I need to make it permanent. But I think because I'm not trying to use this to, like, you know, trip up another Tron leg cycle or anything, it's almost like a string. It's not a solid, like, flat piece, mm. like, board width. He's full on leaving just, like, a string floating in the air behind them. Narrowing the focus so that it's more, yeah. like, it's the same amount of hard light, but just focused in to be stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I or strong to, to get more longer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say with one kick, you can get back to the main floor of the castle, no problem. With two, sure. you can get out. Okay, I will going to do one die, but two kick. You sure you don't want to throw another die on there? And I a d6 for my attitude. I don't have any <laughs> die to give you, but yeah. I'll do an attitude d6. Yay. Six. Yeah. Six. Ever one step ahead, uh, your use of photon vent uh, ensures that you know uh, exactly where you have been, making where you need to go even more obvious. With that... We're going to cut away for a moment. We are going to go back to Operablum, to Lansden, to the Septenary Spire with Walton Weck. So you, Clem, and the Wicks need to... Get out, and get out fast. Okay, good. That was my next question, was do I see my cousins? Uh, They're there, yep. Good. Uh, I guess try and make way toward them? Yeah, you you approach. Uh, I think the three of them all come together, uh, and, and you and Clem come up, and uh, Wendy's like, we gotta go! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and Wanda's like, but how? We can't go up. Uh, wait, are the sword sliders just like... Descending down now. Mm -hmm. um, Similar to how you were in that space right before and uh, Wanda had to knock on a floor tile, which was actually a ceiling tile. You get the sense that they are in that space gotcha. and they are dropping down, literally descending and on is, you. Is the only exit from that hatch where we came in up top? I can think of another way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clem, you said you wanted to try the drop, right? No, no. I think I remember you saying it. Uh, who's up for round two? Damn it. Uh, and yeah, it looks like five of you are going to need to be making a drop. So I will need some help with this. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've given all of you a sort of mini playbook of sorts. Uh, each of you has a character that you are going to control for this escape. Robin has Wanda, Dave has Wendy, Liam has Whitney, Glenna has Clem. You each have a playbook ability, and depending on your character, uh, you have a signature device with its base ability and one purchased ability. You also have a boost and a kick that you can spend towards this. So, who's gonna drop first? Wanda is like, we don't have time to second guess this. We need to go and we need to go now. Uh, and she kind of like, like she talks a big game, but then still like hesitates for a moment and has to like take a breath. And then she steps off the edge. All right. Uh, I'm going to get a progress track going here. Drop. D6. 
C-A-R-O-P. Danger track. Caught. If you fill out your progress track, you all make it and manage to escape. If you fill out the danger track, people are going to start getting arrested. Uh, I will make a roll for Wanda. I'm going to use both my resources, because why not? A boost and a kick. And I think she is using her uh, hard light upscaling. Uh, she's got the photonic jacket, just like uh, Maeve does. So roll to temporarily augment your jacket with useful hard light ornaments, such as glowing tentacles, giant polygonal fists, or briefly serviceable wings. And yeah, I think I'm just going to use that hard light upscaling ability to basically form a hard light parachute um, mm. that I can pull when the time comes. Um because, yeah, I think as much as Wanda, you know, that could be used to help support the others or make sure everyone makes it down safely, could make a rope, could make all kinds of things. But I think Wanda is very much of the mind of, like, we all have the shit we need to do this, everyone for themselves. So she's going to do it. But I am going to mark the one kick, so that'll do two spots on the progress track if I succeed. Here we go. Three and a one. <laughs> a three and a one. Brutal. Yep. So, Wanda was the one who initially, when she did the drop at the party, she only made it to one second. Mm-hmm. And I think her fear kicks in again, mm-hmm. and she creates the parachute way too early. <laughs> and I'm, I'm picturing all of this happening pretty simultaneously. Yeah. Because she pulled the parachute as early as she did, sword sliders managed to break through and they're grabbing the parachute. Oh no. Okay. And I love that. Wanda's progress is significantly slowed here and I'm marking a spot on the danger track. No spots have been marked on the progress track. Oh my garb, out of my way. And she, <laughs> uh, uh, Wendy Wick is just running uh, her her uh, board is still on her back because mm-hmm. um, normally to do the drop it's like oh the idea of it is you're using your equipment to kind of stop it at the last second or whatever mm-hmm. but she's trying to escape so she's not going to follow the normal rules for this so she is running towards the edge and is uh, jumps in kind of like into a, f- uh, a forward flip uh, it's like a slow rotation forward flip and as she's going down she points her uh, reality cannon in front of her turns the parameter dial to affect the elasticity of the floor below her as she shoots it and hoping to land onto her back at, onto like a soft like squishy bouncy surface kind of a thing okay great let's get a roll okay I'm gonna uh, throw a boost on this boy five Okay, that's a mixed success. Correct. Which feels right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because you do, um, if you're affecting the ground, you're not slowing your fall. No, I'm I'm impacting it and landing like on your back like you would with any kind of like good old... So you're going to mark a spot on the progress track because you did drop. Yeah. Um, you're going to mark a spot on the danger track um, because <laughs> you got hurt real bad. <laughs> just, and just like uh, it was just like a rough landing, just like bounces and kind of like lands uh, 
flips her around, she lands on her face again. It's not as a hard hit. <laughs> the, the first like, contact bounce. is fine, but the second, the second one just like, flips her around and like she doesn't land on her feet. She's landing face down and just and she just the wind knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I I will throw an, another little uh, complication here, given the failure and the mixed success. Walt, uh, you are seeing uh, Wanda getting snagged uh, by her parachute and almost reeled in by these sword sliders. Uh, you see Wendy fall faster than any of you and just like sink into the ground. Um, so I think I'm going to give you a slam of anxious. <laughs> okay, okay. Seeing all the pandemonium, Whitney silently makes eye contact with her cousin Walt, gives him a nod, gives him a look over her shoulder like jump, and then you see her close her eyes, take a deep breath, and begin cocking her gravity blaster, um, as if to say, you guys go, she's, she's gonna pull up the rear. Um, but she says it all with her eyes because she's the one who doesn't talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys go and I'll, I got a final move to either right. cinch it or him. I think Walt realizes that uh, he's been holding Clem's hand the whole time that they ran up there and just realizes that they're still, he's still holding the hand and goes, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, well, here we are. No, no, no better time to do it than now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, totally. Um, do it together. Yeah. Yeah. We can uh, go to go together. <laughs> There's another uh, a second cock of the reality got into silence between uh, or gravity blaster, I should say. Um, uh, on three, three, one, two, and then Carcinican pushes them. <laughs> <laughs> no time for counting. Let's get your roll. Yeah. Uh, I think for Walt, it's the same plan as before. Use the inertial vortex to slow down at the bottom. I would like to take a dare to add a kick to it. So 2d6 with a kick. Uh, trouble, bite, or problem? Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll mark a trouble Kay. for that. <gasps> oh, boy. Uh, it's a two. <laughs> a two? Ooh. All right. So that, once again, uh, does not... Mark the progress track. Mm-hmm. Marks the danger track, however. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have a complication for you. Mm-hmm. Carcinican pushes you, and just as you're starting to fall, before Carcinican can follow, sword sliders grab Carcinican. Mm. I'm going to nope it, I think. Okay. Can I nope that? Can yeah, I nope you that? can nope I'm gonna that. I'm going to nope that. I'm going to nope that. They try to grab him, but he's too slippery. He's a little crab. (laughs) Get your filthy paws off of me. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I guess to nope it, then that would have been a slam of um, missing Daibo Vice. Something like that. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, you can nope that for two trouble and uh, you you have Carcinikin. Okay. (laughs) Clem's just, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Uh, And... Clem is going to use his inertial vortex to do the exact same thing, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'll add my, uh, get one boost and one kick, so I'll roll, t- roll 2d6 with a kick. Okay. What? That's Boxcar's Rep- baby! <laughs> Double sixes! Yeah. Oh, what a stud! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Clem! <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right, uh, take it away, Glenna. Yeah, so I, they're falling, and he notices that the the carcinogen is nowhere near them. And in a rush of uh, adrenaline, in a rush of Twitter patient, he, <laughs> uh, since there is nothing, there's no surfaces, yeah. he can only do a grab. Mm-hmm. And grabs, like, the nose of his board, and there that's where the button for the inertial vortex is. Nice. That, like, zaps the... Uh, you subtract momentum from a room-sized area, so he subtracts r- momentum from the very bottom, so anyone who jumps after them will land safely, at least for a little while. Nice. The two of you, um, you are falling so fast. Um, that ground is approaching closer and closer. It is far too close for comfort by the time the slowed momentum actually kicks in. <laughs> This is why I hate those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your speed abruptly slows in such a way that you are able to sort of get your boards underneath you and safely coast along the floor. That marked two spots on the progress track because you did mark a kick. And I believe we have one play left by a certain Whitney Witt. Yeah, I was. If, if you guys had sealed it, she was just going to jump because she's the one who doesn't talk. But <clears throat> I, I positioned myself for her at the end because she's got patient. Uh, when you reveal how you've been waiting to act, get 1d6. So, yeah, I've got her doing the like, you guys go, I'll hold them off look. She like takes a deep breath, licks her lips, waits a couple seconds longer than any rational person running away would. And because she was trying to time it uh, so that she is going to jump backwards uh, off the balcony. Um, and as she is falling kind of like ass first, Miles Morales style, she is going to fire the endurance engine, which is to coarsely lift, push or pull things at a distance with the accuracy of a tractor. Um, she wants to yank a bunch of the catwalk down onto them to either hit a bunch of sword sliders and also essentially like grade off the top of this so that no one else can follow. Amazing. And she's been waiting patiently, so I'm going to get an extra D6 about it. Let's get that roll. So 1D6 for doing it, 1D6 because you gave me one, and then 1D6 for patient, and then one kick because that's what I have. A four. Uh, <laughs> a four was the highest. Uh, yeah, but she looks cool as hell doing it. So yeah, she she's like waiting patiently, you know, turns around, runs, flips in the air, does the yank as she's you know right at the apex of her jump, and she's the the last one to be falling. Stuff comes crashing down, like I said, because it's a success. But Wendy, Whitney, Walt, Clem, you make the drop. You manage to flee from the base of Septenary Spire, from the grasp of the sword sliders. But one Wanda Wick was not so lucky. Gold Star Disaster and Mad Method. You have 
successfully managed to navigate your way out of the basement. No thanks to Trev4, but thanks to Helix and the flash patterns of Maeve's photonic jacket. Uh, there are definitely fewer vampires chasing you now. I'm going to say three. Um, the, the one that is missing an eyeball, you know what? It's scarier if that one's chasing you. So that one's also <laughs> chasing you, screeching with rage as they skitter along the floor, the walls, the ceiling. They have gone full horizontal to the ground and are like skittering insect-like um, on, I'm going to say six legs. Where did the other ones come from? You don't know. You haven't seen them till now. <laughs> Uh, You're in a room that has like a long red runner carpet. There's alcoves on the sides and too many chandeliers. Um, And you are rushing your way towards um, a a door that kind of looks like it's been ripped out of the wall. As you are racing closer and closer, two more vampires emerge from the alcoves to the side. They look like they're about to cut you off. What do you do? Is it there's too many chandeliers, right? Too many. <laughs> now, I mean, I am thinking not like, because one could argue that two chandeliers is too many, but I'm thinking like seven. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, yeah. Brinley, although she is not from Nolan, has never seen Phantom of the Opera, is going to uh, re- <laughs> receive oracular inspiration and, <laughs> and, and understand that that is the best way to kill something spooky. Uh, <laughs> Usually the spooky thing does the killing by the chandelier, but you did say that Brynn never saw Phantom of the it's Opera. It's true, she so didn't. I'll give that a pass. <laughs> Neither is Glenna. What? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that would be the endurance engine. Roll to coarsely lift, push, and pull things at a distance with the accuracy and power of a tractor. Uh, Brynn is hoping to... Whether there's a chandelier directly above these creatures or whether she has to like huck one shot put style uh, <laughs> she's going to use her endur- endurance engine to do so amazing i think i will say uh honoring my promise of too many chandeliers you can probably just pull one down on on the guys awesome all right i like the idea that if this was a movie the thing with the wicks running away this is the match cut that yeah. lines them up where, yeah, Wendy yanks this and you ain't get it. Yeah, both the gravity blasters. Woo. I am going to, I'm going to add a d6 for my attitude. I'm going to add a d6 from my gauntlet. And uh, I'm going to do a trick. Yes. <laughs> so doing a trick gets me an extra 1d6. And also I will be able to refill one attitude even for attempting it, which is fun. I think she full on Spider-Man's this. Mm-hmm. Run, runs up a, a nearby wall. Yeah. And 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 flips. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm doing the thing with my hands. Yeah. Uh, her gravity beam, which I believe we've... I've always just imagined it being invisible. I don't yeah, know. that's kind of what I do with gravity. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you picture Wait. it to be invisible? It is. Yeah. In my mind's eye. <laughs> you imagine that as In the fanciful world of Lena's imagination, I don't know, gravity that's my own is invisible. skewed vision yeah. is that gravity is invisible. That statement came out so earnestly. <laughs> Helix can see the fourth color, so actually he can see gravity. <laughs> there you go. Very good. <laughs> All right. I mean, you guys can't see Gurple. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, a wall run into a flip, yeah, uh, grabbing the chandelier and like swinging across using the weight of the swing to pull it down. Nice. Mm. All right, forty six. 
That's a five. And that's the only five. Your next highest number was a three. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, well, it is a success, so you do get to mark a style. Um, describe how this chandelier uh, destroys this vampire. Yeah, so I think this is like a big iron one. Ooh, yeah. With uh, Sorry. no candles, just lumps of wax. Mm. And it, it comes crashing down and uh, like, yes, destroy... <laughs> It lands on the back half of the vampire, crushing one set of legs. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it like pins this one down. Yeah, uh, and it's like straining and trying to to wrench itself out uh, to no avail. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the second vampire that was closing in uh, with its compatriot to cut you off sees all of this happening, manages to dodge out of the way of the chandelier, and wants revenge. Oh no. Uh, so <laughs> it is going to uh, it is going to attack you and I think swings its arm out and it almost looks like if an insect did boxing. Okay. And like threw a left hook, but it just like its arm sort of like whips out and around and embeds itself into your shoulder kind of near your collarbone area. Ouch. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna give you the the slam of barbed. Okay. I have an ability. Okay. That I recently picked up from the chill playbook. Oh. It is called Lucky. Once per run, dumb luck helps you. A tree falls on a monster. Lasers miss as you tie your shoes. You unknowingly give someone a perfect gift, etc. You would like to use Lucky now. I would now? like to use Lucky now. <laughs> Does the second chandelier just fall for <laughs> no reason? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think that's how I want to justify Lucky because, like, that—that's a huge ability, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, anytime you or Walt, if you happen to pick up this ability in the future, anytime you evoke this, yeah, we need to know what the dumb luck is. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, it's—it's it's the second chandelier for sure. I love that. And uh, with that, you do not, in fact, take the slam of barbed, uh, and you are now outside. The rest of you, Brinley has cleared the way for you. You are hurtling towards this doorway. Mondo in tow, safely cradled in Trev 4's arms. And uh, three vampires in pursuit. What do you do? I would like to propose a big team uh, exit roll for the rest of us where, and I mean, Brent, if you want to get in on this too, um, but like, You've created, you've cleared this path, and you've also created kind of an obstacle for us to like jump over, off of, grind on, etc. I think mm. just like one final push to get out the door and maybe do a cool trick on our way out. Yes, I love this. Cool. Before we do a big team roll, though, Maeve, uh, I think looks around, looks to Mondo being cradled by Trev Four, looks to December and Hands, who I'm imagining are looking pretty scrambled and frantic. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, they've been worried about this and, and they've, they've attempted this on their own, attempted getting Mondo out to no avail. And this is like, yeah, the whole reason they brought us here. And I think, yeah. And I think they're also like, they're doing stuff too. Like at one point you see Decembria just like fully phased through a vampire and it gets all discombobulated at one point, uh, uh, Hanser whips off his fanny pack, 
zoops it over a vampire's head, swings it around like a, a slingshot, and then just like kind of throws him. Uh, <laughs> so like they're they're all doing stuff too. That's just a lot of NPCs, but they're they're doing cool stuff. Don't you worry. Yeah, but like. I'm, I'm imagining them looking pretty frazzled by oh, all yeah. of this. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think looking around Maeve, rather than, like, getting rocked by, you know, seeing how, how frantic everyone is, I think she just, like, cracks a grin and is like, Hey, team, Brinley cleared the way for us. We're almost out of here. We we did what they thought we couldn't do. We did what no one has been able to do. Let's, let's show them how Gold Star Disaster does it. Uh, and I would like to invoke my pep talk ability once per run, refill three hype. Uh, what do they need to hear the most right now? And I think Maeve just sends out that rallying cry to uh, free up a bunch of hype dice that we can now use on our team roll. <laughs> yeah, you have a free bank, 2d6, one kick. Sweet. Uh, I'm going to roll, you know, my normal d6 plus two from the hype. Uh, anyone else want to throw some dice at this team roll? Uh, I can throw you a kick. Yeah, I can add a d6. Mondo will give you a d6. Ooh, will he now? Yeah. Uh, is there any specific way you're doing that, or do you want to wait to reveal that? Yeah, uh, well, no, I think uh, cradled in Trevor's arms, Mondo, he could feel the, the, the bonds of the thrall weakening the closer they get to that front door. And he's like, come on, robot man, a little faster. It was so close. Uh, and he pulls up from uh, the side of his hexagonal plaid pants. Uh, he pulls out his signature device, which is a pair of twin laser chain scythes. Uh, this is my ultimate what? take. <laughs> an alternate take on the nigger friction sword. Uh, picture, sure. It's a pair of <laughs> kusari gama, which is like if you picture a small handheld scythe that has a length of chain connected to another handheld scythe. But he has four hands, so four sides. <laughs> Are they all connected to each other, or, or are they in Just pairs? two pairs. Okay, two yeah. pairs, gotcha. Two pairs. And uh, holding one scythe uh, on top, he whips the other two down, and as the laser blades embed in the floor, he sends out uh, the power of his field projector to, to reduce all the friction from this front entry hall, so we have an even faster uh, path to head toward this jump. Yes. All right, I'm rolling with 5d6 and a kick. We got a six. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Everyone, mark a style for this team roll. And Maeve, take it away. So Maeve gives this rallying cry and then, you know, leans down on her board, punches it, uh, hits this frictionless field. I don't think she was expecting it, so it, like, takes her a moment to recalibrate. She starts going faster than she thought she would uh, and is barely manages to... Uh, jump her board and just grind along the edge of that uh, chandelier, the big iron chandelier that Bryn dropped down, uh, <laughs> sending sparks uh, off as she uh, grinds past and, and outward through the, the gaping door. All the candles relight from the sparks. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! And then those candles are immediately extinguished as uh, Helix's <laughs> hard light trail that he was leaving to get us out has kind of run its course. He's, he's out of hard light just in this moment, I'd love to. He wants to use some other part of his board, <clears throat> and it's just that few seconds of cooldown before he's able to. He's like, uh, uh. And kind of with nothing else, he reaches into his his jumper pocket, pulls out the bottle uh, of the water with the little floating black holes in it, <laughs> um, bites off the top of it, and goes to chuck it like a grenade at one of them. Uh, it lands in front of one of the uh, you know scampering vampires. 
Uh, and you know how like when someone throws ball bearings or uh, marbles <laughs> and someone sort of like can't keep their tracks it's that but they're falling into t- like these little skittering vampire <laughs> things are falling into tiny black holes like kind of tripping um, the, uh, yeah the opposite of throwing marbles uh, and then that unfortunately extinguishes all the f- <laughs> the water extinguishes all the candles um, the black holes trip one of the vampires and he skates along uh, behind the rest of the crew as Trev Four is running along gently and uh, safely, uh, cradling Mondo, uh, <laughs> I, I, he is going uh, past some of these uh, vampires that are starting to catch up, and he completely disassociates uh, his torso from his hips and starts spinning. Uh, in a, a <laughs> and the legs of Mondo are off to the side, kicking. Uh, these vampires back and uh, as he goes through the... I'm not trying to kick you, I'm just walking my legs, I'm just walking my legs. (laughs) (laughs) Stop getting in my way. (laughs) Uh, And as they go out the door, Mondo yanks back his two sides that were embedded in the ground and flips a big double bird. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Bryn takes a running start and like uses the bodies of the vampires under the chandeliers as stepping stones (laughs) to give herself some air, and then uh, in the air uh, throws her board underneath and uh, does like a little little hop off the the chandelier to to go forward. Very good. All of you manage to uh, basically shoot out of the castle at top speed. Uh, Your combined efforts have made it so much easier to escape this vampire nest. Um, You race out um, into the dark, cold, wild landscape of the Waking Pits, and uh, Decembria and Hans start to lead the way, guiding you back to the Thin Zone that took you here in the first place from Prismadia. And as you are making your way through, it's not like, you know, perfectly safe. It is the waking pits. Um, so you may encounter the occasional, like, uh, nega wraith that you need to dodge around or whatever. But in relative terms, you are safe. Hey, uh, Trev, I think you can set him down now. His legs work fine at this point, I think. He's just hitching a free ride on you. Oh, indeed. Uh, I shut off the lullaby that I've been playing softly into his ear. I mean, that's a question for him, I think. Oh, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, thanks for that. Oh, that is pleasure getting out of there. Thank you so much. Oh, What the fucks was with that that maneuver on our way out? Your nega friction field almost jarfed up my grind on the way out. To recalibrate on the fly, man. I know you could handle it. I thought you wanted a little extra kick there. You know, that's the Maze Andy way. But you didn't you didn't tell me you were giving me extra kick. You just threw it at me. I I could have I could have bought it back there and then those vampires would have been all over me. No, oh, but if I said anything about it, then that would show the intention and based on the thrall I wouldn't be able to do it because that would be me trying to escape. But if I just kept it in my own noggin and I just threw it down that I was just changing the friction surface of the floor, that was not a part of the problem the problem for the thrall. Thrall seems to be pretty convenient for Explaining away any any problems that you cause. Well, now it's a thing of the past, because I'm out of that castle. And we, Mad Method, are back together. And whoever you hired these these three to come along and help you, that was a great idea. I didn't hire anybody. This is my crew. 
Yeah, Matt Maffey, you, me, Hans, Deck. I seem to remember being on a crew with the three of you a long, long time ago, and then you left me in that temple on my own, and you never came back for me. You never came after me. You just you just left me there, and then and you left me in Operablum, and and turns out you've been in a vampire's castle this whole time. What? How did you end up here? What happened? May, uh, sorry, Maeve. We've we've talked about this. We we were trying all of the runs that we took. They were to try to find you. Tell Armando. I didn't give two cruffle tuts about you after I saw. You just hanging around those arborists. I did go looking for you. What did I find? You were there, joined in their temple. You know everything I went through with the vaxes up there, with their worshipping trees and knowing about the multiverse, and that you just stuck around with them. I didn't have a choice. You left me with them. It was that or worse. It was my only way out of, of the consequences that we all caused together, but only I had to face. That's not what being on a crew is about. That's you don't you don't just leave. You you stick it out. You stay together and you stick it out. Great. So you're sticking it out with a new group then? Yeah, I am. We're called Gold Star Disaster, and we're a better crew than Mad Method ever was. And the and the five of us are gonna go put. The four of us are gonna go places that you never dreamed of. Great. Well, thanks, May. That's, that's great to hear. Thanks so much for coming here. Hans, December, let's, let's blow this. Mondo, you said you found her? Right. Yeah, I did. I went out and looked, and I saw that she wasn't coming back to us. We've been in tight situations before. We've been split up, and we've always come back together. You didn't come back after the Golden Jungle. You just disappeared. What happened? That's because I popped out and I got caught by these vampires and I've been stuck here in their fall the whole time. How'd you get from the Golden Jungle to the Waking Pits? I untethered myself with that dagger. You did what? I untethered myself with that dagger. Okay, I thought it would help help me push beyond bounds and take Mad Method to where I really wanted it to be. And I was working to find a way to to get it all the same for these two. If you ever came to your senses and left those robed freaks and joined back up with us, you would have gotten it too. You, you said you didn't know what it did. You just you said we were going to sell it. We were we were supposed to we were supposed to sell it and start our start our career. Well, I did sell it after I used it for myself. I'm not going to give up an advantage that I could use right there. Helix leans over to. Uh, Trev and Brinley and it's just like this guy's story has more holes than that beverage I had earlier (laughs) (laughs) oh well get off it Mr. Buff Stuff (laughs) Uh, Maeve is is furious but she files away Mr. Buff Stuff for later she's gonna remember that and use it on the (laughs) other loves it that's what I'm talking about you're you're only thinking of of you and and what's best for for you and, and everyone in the crew and everyone around you is just just a means to an end, just a way for you to get where you want yourself to be. There was someone else I was looking out for. And then she turned her back on me. No, you don't get to you don't get to turn this around on me. You left me there. You left me with them. I <sighs> I ran away from the arborist when I was knee high with squad knob. You could have done a Vuxen same. Well, 
guess it's too late for a lot of things now. Seems like. That's why you didn't peel back when they were draining you. Exactly, buff stuff. <laughs> he looks like l- lurches an arm back and maybe Brindley's like, just not not now, man. <laughs> Maeve turns to the crew and is like, well, are we going home or what? Indeed, we can leave. But did you want me to do something about Mondo? It seems like you do not like him. <laughs> do something about, like, do, do what? He Protocols looks- say that... If there is an employee that is acting out, we make sure that he is... Oh, this is very concerning. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all right, Trev. We're not... He's not an employee, and, and even if he was, or if you wanted to think of them that way, I guess we don't... We don't work for the same company anymore. Gotcha. He is a customer. Mm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Shall we? Lead on, Trev. Indeed. And I uh, go to the portal and open up the thin zone. Are, are we all going to go the same direction after that really intense conversation? Because it's just, I mean, like we're all going the same way. It's, we're just not talking to each other or like, is there another portal? After this sentence, no. Stony silence. <laughs> <laughs> we could go back to Thanos Bar. December, if you like. I just said stony silence. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> you know that I don't do well with stony <laughs> Sorry, Mondo. Wait, I'm mad at you. Why am I listening to you? De- okay, you be silent to me, I'll be silent to everybody else. Nobody says a vaccine thing, okay? Maeve kicks off on her board and heads through the thin zone. (laughs) (laughs) And as you all make your way uh, through the thin zone, in stony silence, broken occasionally by very anxious Decembria, I need all of you at this point, Waltz included, to roll for disaster. Disaster.